I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice Nation Podcast. What's up, Cuse Nation? Welcome to the Cuse Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and now officially on iHeartRadio. This episode, we're just going to go over the uh, loss against Louisville, and then we'll take a look at some ACC tournament action, what they've got going on for that, and maybe some uh, NCAA tournament action. And look ahead to Georgia Tech. So, that is it. We are here. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 16. Joe, what's up, buddy? What's going on, Sean? What's going on? Not a whole lot. Uh, hey, I just want to thank everybody, too, for, for listening and um, getting on uh, Facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast and giving us a like on there. Um, the, I mean... We've grown every month, so we're steadily growing every month as far as listens on on all the other formats and also on Facebook too. So, I mean, yep, that's awesome. I appreciate it. And the best the best way too to help us out is get on get on Facebook and share it. I mean, share it. Get on there. Be active. I mean, it gets pretty active once in a while. It's, yeah, you know, you know, the Syracuse fans share it to their their pages. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's really hard so, to so when you when you run one of these Facebook pages, one of these like fan pages or community pages, when you post something, sometimes only 3 people will see it. It tells you how many times people see it. So yeah. so it, the only way for it to catch on on Facebook is to like if people click on it, like it, share it, I mean sharing it's the best way. So right. it grows organically and it snowballs. If people start doing it, it'll snowball. So, um, which is fantastic, and it's it's happened. And um, we got a couple good, um, faithful Facebook. Yes, we do. People that, that are awesome. Yes, so we, we do. We appreciate all of you. Anyway, I just thought I'd give it a shout out because, um, um, you know, why not? Better recognize it. Yeah. No. Definitely. And I mean, it's cool because. Um, I've run other pages before, and none of them have taken off as quick as this, or or, or been as people haven't been as active as they are on on this one. So um, anyway, yeah. Um. So um, let's see. 
I guess we had the Louisville game the other night. Yes, and we did. You, I think your last words before we uh, finished up the show was, uh, hopefully we don't get crushed. Something, yeah. along, something along those lines, right? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, scoring 25 points in the first half, we got beat by a solid even 20. And, um, you know, could have could have been a whole lot worse. I mean, it just... You're not going to win games in the ACC shooting an overall 35, 36%. Um, especially not against that defense. Not against that defense. That's right. And they're just so good at um, disrupting shots. That's, if I had to pick the one thing that really put Syracuse in a hole in the first half, it was not getting good looks. It was not being able to move the ball to an open man to get good looks and, and, and get a nice clean shot off. So, you know, yeah, we've seen that before this year against other defenses. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, the North Carolina's first half of Virginia, I, uh, it's difficult. We have to have more than just two guys make baskets in the first half. And, and I know I think with Battle and Leiden were the only ones that made a field goal in the first half. And, yeah, and Andrew White's still, you know, on a shooting slump. And I just think sometimes it takes too long to get for them to get going against the you know the good defenses yeah yeah getting in the hole 25 to 41 the first half ah man i mean that's a brutal climb dude you know and we've been we've talked joe you and i have touched a number of times on the reason syracuse could come back against uva the reason syracuse could come back against like a florida state and a couple of those other games they won where they were down was because they weren't down by that much at the half. I mean, we're talking, I think the most was like 13 points. Yeah. So and they came out and scored right off the bat, too. I think got up to like that's 23. Right. Yeah. And then uh, we went on a little run there. We started pressing, but you can only do that for so long. Beheim kind of said some stuff about that in his uh, post-game conference. He yeah, just, three, so- three, four minutes. I mean, because they figured it out. And then they beat you down the court and you're done. And that's why right, and you saw that that dang Adele, uh, he, that long uh, guard they have. He was he had a bunch of fast break uh, looks, and they just started tearing it apart. And on top of that, though, too, I mean, those guys get tired as well. And Patino pointed out that you know they pressed just to make them, you know, get them a little more tired, so they had to you know worry about just bringing the ball up type stuff. I mean, they really weren't going for the steal; they were just more or less. Forcing them to move a little bit quicker than we wanted to when you when you that you want to bring the ball up and I don't know it's just we have to be able to hit the shots we we can't afford Gillen or White or those guys to to not be able to shoot it and sometimes in these first halves we just take like you said bad shots you know we just settle for jumpers we don't play yeah. that aggressive and settling out of frustration too is the worst. Yeah, because if you're you're frustrated and you're trying to you're trying to score because you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole, you're moving too fast. You're not being patient. You're never going to win a game if you're not patient. And 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 if they just weren't moving the ball good enough, Joe. I mean, they couldn't shake the defense. Well, yeah, I mean they they switched up their defense a little bit from the last time they played them. They switched up the starting lineup on them uh, to change it up because he didn't like how. They played against North Carolina when Louisville lost this past weekend. So, again, it comes down to human nature. You're going back to your court. You just got beat against North Carolina. You're fighting for a double bye in the ACC tournament still. So, 
Yeah. Like we we would have had to have played a pretty, pretty clean, immaculate game, I think, to get that one. And we still fought to get it. I mean, like I said, we went from got it from 23 to 11 there with yeah, it was 11. seven, eight, yep. seven, eight minutes with the ball. For, you know, Andrew White makes that three. We get it down eight. Instead, they rattled off, I think, three or four more baskets after that miss and got it right back up to 16, 17. And that's pretty much the ball game against a, def- a team like that with that defense and that depth. So. Yeah, and like I said, you know, 30, 36% to, you know, Louisville's 57%. That's just not going to get it done. I mean, and I know we talk about that a lot, but, um, you know, 39, <laughs> 39 um, rebounds to SU's 28. Now, it's That's not, it, it's not, be expected. yeah, I, I know. And, and we, you know, the turnovers were about, about the same. Um, you know, we had the zero key, fast points. Huh? Yeah, I was going to say the points off turnovers, yeah. though, wasn't the same. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Yeah, they scored 20, 27 points off turnovers. Yeah, we and then they had 18. their fast break points as well. So 12, and we had zero. Yeah, So, so they just played 20, at... 30, they, they were playing on another on, on another level. I mean, it's all there is to it. They should, we got outplayed. Yeah, 45 percent three pointer, and you touch you just we just touch base with the. I mean, who knows even what the second chance points are because I see that they got thirteen Four, offensive rebounds, which is based for, fourteen for SU and only fifteen for Louisville. Actually, second chance points, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, those are the type of keys you look at. I mean, Louisville fifteen second chance points. 12 points, I believe you said, off of fast breaks. Yep. And then, you know, they had 27 points off of turnovers. Like, I'm sure a couple of those points overlap, but that's a lot of, like, that's stuff that that can be cleaned up by Syracuse. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from Louisville, but those are, like, some key categories that you have to win. You can't lose them all yeah, like and, that. Yeah, and, you know, putbacks, putbacks on, on offense. I mean, 38 points in the paint. So a lot of those, yeah. a lot of those second chance points – no, they got big guys too. Yeah, no, they are. They're long. They're probably one of the longer teams in in the ACC. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, anyways, I guess you know we'll just put that behind us. They just didn't play up to par, 
And in Syracuse, the, the good thing is, I mean, if you're going to take a good thing out of that or, 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 you know, take a positive out of that game is that, you know, Syracuse can play better than that because you've seen it. So yeah. what was it? We don't know. I mean, um, you know, it just they just got I mean, outplayed. Well, it just happens. I mean, shooting. Shoot, well, shooting. Yeah. But you shooting, know, we've just... kind of we've kind of struggled shooting all year. Yeah. We've had our games, but, you know. We have to have those games, you know. Like we said, I mean, this Louisville shot over, I think, 50% from the field, 45% from three-pointers they with all those almost... other turnover points off turnovers, fast break points, stuff like that. You're not going to beat a team like that. Yeah, they were shoot, They shot 57% overall. At the end of the day, it's no harm, no foul. I didn't yeah. expect to win it, and I, I, it doesn't hurt our chances. Don't, it just, it's kind of crappy because as a fan you're like oh well we just be duke if we win this one you know because you just get sick and tired of hearing the bubble watch especially for so many years when we weren't really on it you know like we knew that we were safe so i think the bubble watch talking especially after last year with them talking for a month about us not getting in and then us getting in and it's just just it seems like all year this year you know (laughs) yeah it just rubs you the wrong way yeah it does it does it totally does and syracuse fans um, they get offended and they'll stick a finger right in your freaking eye too. As soon as they get yeah. into the tournament, uh, fingers yeah. will be will be flying. So, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say just at the end of the day, though, it's no harm, no foul. I, our strength of schedule goes up just by playing that game. Um, it also puts another top fifty RPI on there. I mean, we have what I think we're six six and seven versus top fifty RPI teams this year. So, all it really does is just improve on our uh, you know our strength of schedule show how hard this league is and you know it would have been a a ticket punched in my opinion but yeah it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt us i mean if you thought we were in the tournament after beating duke this this really shouldn't sway your mind it makes the georgia tech game a little bit more important exactly that's that's it for me joe you hit it because i didn't think they were going to win it either but it does make that this georgia tech game quite possibly one of the most you know if not the most important game of the regular season, obviously it kind of, you know, I, obviously, I mean, I'm not like saying anything that's overly analytical, but, um, it, yeah. they have well, to, we, I think well, we they have know. to take it. No, we don't yeah. know, but you bring up a good point with, with it, it, Syracuse being as they have played, uh, these top 50 RPI teams that that goes on your win or loss. It goes on your record. It goes to your, you know, it, 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 you get credit for doing it. Right. Even if you lose, so and which is a great point. I didn't even think about that. Um, I had seen Syracuse's RPI after that game. I saw it at seventy six, and I saw it at seventy eight. Remember, we got in last year with a seventy one. So, yeah. um, you know, Georgia Tech. I mean, it's you know, they, what are they? What is Georgia Tech? They're like a, they're like a ninety three. <laughs> yeah, they're up there. They're up to, I was actually looking at it today, and uh, I think I saw 75 on ESPN. I saw them uh, RPI 75, but oh, for us, that's yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's, the so, RPI to me is that's not. It's a little skewed, and not really skewed, but it's just not. It's outdated, I believe. You know, a lot of people use like to use it as a metric because it's been the metric to look at. You know, you got all these other guys like the Sadrin and. Ken Pomeroy, who do their own little thing. And That's then uh, actually ESPN came up with the whole BPI thing like, like five years ago. And that tends to be a more accurate uh, 
number. And I'm not just saying that because our number is better in that, but they just put more things into account as far as the games. Like RPI is pretty much strength of schedule and, you know, whether it's home or away or neutral court, you know, just minor little things like that, you know, how hard the team is, stuff like that. Um, But the new BPI actually put in place uh, a couple other factors as far as like um, such as like a pace of play, um, the margin of victory, and also um, whether or not you're missing key players. If a player is sick, if a player is injured, because they do, it does obviously affect your team. Your team, so right. it gives you a little bit better of an accurate depiction of like who your team is. So, battle I mean, lost six. Did you know Battle lost six pounds when he was sick? Speaking of being yeah, sick, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that's how bad it was. It was the flu. Yeah, like it was the flu. Yeah, like we talked about it. We don't even know that those two games could have been just Battle not being himself. They were. I think. Him. I think absolutely they were. I mean, he's since he's been better. He's what did he get against Louisville? He got. I mean, twenty points. He's our lead scorer. So I mean. Absolutely, dude. He's a factor. He is an absolute factor. He has got to be healthy for SU to win games. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Um, yeah. So the last bracket I saw had Syracuse facing Maryland in the West. And if now you, I think you have a different one that you saw, but this is the latest one I saw. And if winning, most likely playing a two seed in Oregon. So yeah. that was, is that what you saw? Yeah, that's what I saw. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. It was the uh, they had us as a ten seed, and Maryland is the seven, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that was Lenardi's. Lenardi's. He had it updated uh, yesterday. So okay, and a couple big wins too in the ACC. Not really a big deal, but that did it did shuffle the ACC tournament, which we can't forget about that. Obviously, yeah. um, but uh, both Virginia Tech beat Miami, and uh, UVA beat. Um, UNC. So yeah, a couple big. Yeah, well that that Miami Tech game was going to be a is a back and forth type thing because I was looking at it today and um, right now they have us we'd be a nine seed playing against the eight seed Virginia, um because of Virginia's win uh, against North Carolina last night, right? Um, but we have an opportunity to jump from nine to six. There's three other teams in front of us that we can jump. It's just they all got to lose and we got to win. Right, exactly. Um, I think what Miami's playing Florida State, their last game of the season. Um, Pitt, Virginia's playing Pittsburgh at home, so that's one of those ones that's tough. And then also if Duke loses... Um, to UNC. Duke, if Duke loses to Florida State tonight, I think they'll play. And, um, and then they lose to UNC. If they lose both the games, then we can pass Duke. So we can go all the way up to a sixth seed. And I think the farthest that we can jump far fall back uh, actually would be the 10 seed. If Georgia Tech wins, um, I think they played Pittsburgh tonight. And then uh, if they beat us, then they'll pass us in the rankings or the standings and we'll end up getting a 10 seed playing the number 16 seed in the first game. We'll be, be in the first round. We won't even get a first round bye. So yeah. there's a little bit of a shuffling that can happen a, there. It's because it's so close. That's why that's – why... The ACC is not only the most competitive, but in in the most competitive, but it's the most exciting. I I mean watching watching ACC games is just like I mean it reminds me of the big old big the old Big East. You know it was the same yeah. it was the same type of thing. The Big East is 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 not even 
entertaining anymore. I mean, no. it's so boring. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So, <laughs> it is unfortunate because I would still watch um, those games. You know, they got Butler in there. I'm like, oh, Big East will still be pretty awesome. Well, but. I mean, they still get four to six teams in a year. But if you look at it, Villanova has been they've kept up. But then, I mean, you look at the Big East just from coming from the Big East. And it's like, oh, the four teams that are like locks right now, I think. I don't even know if all of them are locks, but I mean, you look at it. It's Villanova, it's and then it's Butler, Butler, yeah, Creighton, Xavier, and you're like, what conference is this again? Because yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. So totally. it's just, but yeah, I'm, it's it's going to be interesting. The ACC's got a little bit of shuffle. The best we can do is just win and hope for yeah. Because if we beat Georgia Tech, then the worst we can finish is ninth. We'll be playing the eight seed and. Then probably, uh, well, then definitely the winner is going to be playing against North Carolina. So it's not really anything to look forward to. But either way, it looks like we're going to have a pretty good matchup, a uh, tough matchup, unless we end up losing and going in as a 10 seed. Yeah, so. I don't, you know, I, I'm not in the prediction business, but um, two things that we we touched on. I don't see, is Grayson Allen and um, Jeffries, right? He was out too. Jefferson? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Jefferson. I don't know if Jefferson set, but I know that uh, that Grayson Allen did. And I know the weekend before uh, Syracuse played Duke, uh, Coach K had mentioned about um, possibly sitting Jefferson and Allen for the Syracuse game, and then he came back and kind of reneged on it and said, no, they're playing, but they didn't practice that whole week. So uh, okay. they're, def- they're definitely not 100%. Well, yeah, no, Allen's got that ankle. I think he rolled it uh, maybe a couple games before he played SU. He rolled it. I came down yeah. on someone or something. Um, either way, I don't see them losing both of those games. I, the the UNC game, they, you know, tit for tat, man. Uh, they got him the first time. I don't know if I see him getting them twice. So Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah. I, I think North Carolina, although you never know because – I mean, I'll, yeah. Never mind. It's now, North they Carolina just they too. just lost too, by the way. So, you know, think about yeah. that. That you know, teams like that, they're not they're they're not going to get rolled too easy after a after a loss like that. And I mean, it's just statistically, it's not a typical. It's not typical. Um, no, it's you know. it's Duke Carolina. They're going to go hard. No, you're right. You're right. So, um, the way uh, oh, on. Bracketmatrix.com, they have in the NCAA tournament, they have Syracuse currently has an 11 seed. Um, and let's see, Jerry, Jerry Palm of CBSSports.com has Syracuse among his first four out. Yep. So, um, I mean, oh, well, real quick, the, the ACC tournament bracket I got up, I have, assuming Syracuse beats Georgia Tech. Everything got shaken up with the Virginia win. Oh, yeah. Um, I have uh, Syracuse as a nine seed against an eight-seeded Virginia. Yep. Um, That's what it would be. Okay. And then, but like I said, that can toggle through three different teams, and we could even jump up to, I think, as far as either seven or six. So Right, right. In which case, we'd be something like um, could be facing Virginia Tech. Or uh, Miami, but those are... No, that, Virginia Tech, I think, is going to get us no matter what because they only have one so? game left. Oh, okay. And, All right. And well, are, yeah, because they have one game left and they beat us. 
So it's not Virginia, it's Duke, Miami, and Virginia that we could beat uh, or that we could pass. But I'll tell I you what, Virgin- if, we, if we lose, we're playing an extra game. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, most likely. Unless Pittsburgh, like, if you got nothing to watch tonight, ACC, we're going to root for Pittsburgh against Georgia Tech <laughs> to just yeah. lock that ninth. I mean, if Georgia, if, uh, well, it still wouldn't even be a lock, but we're still rooting for Pittsburgh as far as, like, uh, bubble team goes, and um, we're cheering for Florida State definitely. For we got to be big Florida State fans because if Florida State beats Duke today and then beats Miami on Saturday, and then Duke ends up losing to North Carolina, then that's two spots we could jump up to number seven. Virginia is probably not going to lose at home to Pittsburgh. So, yeah, and that's once probably a pipe dream. But once all this is sorted out, we're just we're just having fun with it right now, obviously. But once all this is sorted out, we're gonna do an ACC tournament show and we'll, we'll actually have a Cuse nation podcast bracket that we'll, uh, we'll do with Ryan. See if we can get off. Oh, yeah. Predictions. Can, yeah. Yeah. We'll do We'll go around the horn on it and, uh, do a little prediction well, stuff. I'll um, tell you what, the, the one thing that I wanted to actually speak on that I was speaking about earlier that I just realized that I didn't even give the number, but when I was talking about RPI and BPI, um, the BPI has us at 32 right now, and uh, our strength of schedule right now is somewhere between a 48 and a 45. So okay. that kind of changes with even you know the teams that we have played and beat and if they win and all that stuff. But and then Ken Palm's got us right now at 51. So, I mean, the RPI kind of hurts us basically because of our losses and some of the close losses. They really don't put into effect. Um, like I said before, margin of victory, who we were missing, you know, pace of play, stuff like that. So I tend to lean toward the other, the other ones that have a little bit more um, information, you know, and other sources and variables that go into it. But again, it's all just guessing, you know. I just I heard I read a guy I forget his name I had it, but he was talking about how he thinks that they're going to be in the tournament regardless, just based upon their wins and the good wins and how weak the bubble is. Uh, the bubble is again, weak too. We, don't, we haven't talked a whole lot about that, but it's, it's pretty weak. We have, yeah, we have yeah. some of the best wins out of all those teams. A lot of them. So, I looked at a lot of the bubble, uh, the teams on the bubble, uh, as far as the list, that's kind of there. And there are only a um, few teams there. I mean, probably Providence, Michigan state, there's not too many that have, you know, as many wins. I mean, think about it. We're six and seven. We're almost 500 against teams in the RPI 50. So, right. I mean, it's, it's pretty evident to see that our team's grown and that it's not the same team as it was, you know, in possibly the non-conference. And, you know, what else has hurt us is the fact that uh, Georgetown and UConn and St. John's right now. I mean, Georgetown they is suck. a long, long yeah. shot. Georgetown is a long shot. I mean, I guess I'll never... I'll never hold, uh, you know, UConn. I'll never be surprised if they run the tournament like they have before. But um, I don't see a Kemba Walker or Shabazz Napier on their team this year. Um, we should have beat that. We should have beat them. I mean, those are the yeah, couple, a one, couple of those games that killed us. 52 uh, to 51 loss. It sucked. Oh, it was awful. It, it was awful. And just to, obviously, you know, St. John's, Boston Cow. I mean, those, those losses, it's, this is not the same team. So... We just got to prove that with however many games that we have left. And I, I personally think that, you know, if if we beat Georgetown or Georgia Tech on uh, Saturday, then we don't have to worry about anything no matter what. And, you know, but yeah. that's just me. 
So that's we'll, just me. So well, after we do, um, we're gonna look ahead to Georgia Tech real quick. There's only there's really only like one thing to touch on there. Um, it's a home game, um, and then um, our next episode will be the post game ACC tournament. Um, yeah, episode post game so, Georgia Tech yeah, because, ACC yep. right because the ACC tournament starts March seventh so um, I only see us doing probably one more episode between now and then um, yeah Georgia Tech at home there's there's just one thing we need to stop <laughs> and it's yeah uh, Lammers uh, third in the ACC in rebounds and first in blocked shots. So I mean, he he killed us in um, in Georgia in Atlanta, and um, he's I've just been watching him play, and he's just a beast. I mean, he's just by far that team's core. I mean, um, yeah, he's the he's the guy that uh, he's definitely the guy that is the most consistent. Um, there was a couple guys that I was looking at uh, the first time we played uh, that Josh Akogi and. Uh, Heath, the two guards there, and they really didn't. I mean, it's tough sometimes putting the zone and stuff like that. And honestly, Georgia Tech's more defense based anyway, but um, it's the defense hustle, uh, aggressiveness, stuff like that. Um, but uh, that Stevens guy that hit some of those threes out there, he's probably the other guy that we're going to have to worry about just because, you know, he found some open shots and he's kind of a taller guy, so he can shoot over his guard, over the guards. I saw a couple times where he. He was purposely being put over on Gillen's side because they could shoot over him. Um, so there's a couple, couple little things, but obviously holding Lammers or you know causing Lammers to have a bad game would definitely, definitely help or be the easiest help toward toward winning. Um, I think it comes down to just, just I mean, we have to make shots. shots. We have to be make, We have to make shots. We have to be aggressive. Georgia Tech is not a crazy high scoring team. And we normally play really good def- uh, defense. It's going to be the last home game uh, at the Dome this year. So their best scores is is is, is fifteen. I just I'm sorry. I didn't mean they're up. Uh, fifteen points a game. Yeah, he's yeah. ranked uh, so, a Kogi, ranked thirteenth in the yeah, ACC. See. Yeah, he's and, that, and he really didn't. I don't. I don't believe. I don't. I mean, he was forgettable if he did against us. The, I mean, the first time I saw. I saw a team that played really, uh, played really tough, aggressive defense, hustled, uh, never gave up on anything. They were really uh, sound as far as just uh, techniques and stuff, boxing out, getting to the open spots. But they don't, they're not, they don't have great scores. And if Okogie had a good game, then, I, like I said, it was forgettable. And the only, only people I remember were Lammers and uh, Stevens, the yeah. three-point shooter. I only so, remember Lammers, to be honest with you. I don't really. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I, I know you're a bigger. You're if anyone hasn't been able to tell by now, you're you're king nerd. I'm just like nerd sidekick. So <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of watch it a little bit differently. I but. you know I see someone crushing us, and and that was it. You know, I, I, that's the guy I key in on. So, um, and then you just looking through. I mean third in rebounds and in first in blocks. I mean, he's getting three, three and a half blocks a game and in almost 10 rebounds a game. Um, yeah. and we have, we struggle on offensive boards as it is. And to have someone like that in there, you've got to, you got to 
you got to key in on the on the hoop, man. You got to make those shots. You can't let them grab our boards all day in the dome. It'll be a nightmare. That's just how I see it. I I just I think that if we come out and play the way that we have at the dome, then I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I tend to. And agree. and by the way that it, by the way that it looks, even if I mean a lot of people think that we got to get like a game in the ACC tournament, but. The team that we're going to be playing is in the second round is most likely going to, unless we get pushed back to a 10 and we actually have to play like an NC State or a Boston College, then we're going to be a 9 or higher. And the team that we play, well, unless we jump to 6 or 7 or something like that, the team that we're going to play is going to be pretty good in the first round. If, I mean, if we get a 9 seed or an 8 seed, we're going to be playing against Miami, Duke, or Virginia. Yeah. So those are, those are tournament teams, and are they really going to kick us out of the tournament for playing Duke again and losing? I just don't. Yeah, I don't that's know why this Joe. this game this game is is key, and it will get us to ten and eight in the conference. And I just don't see being a game above five hundred in in a conference like this. I don't see us with the way this bubble is. I don't see us getting excluded. But of course, like I said again. There are those teams, those conferences where you can get a team that's not a tournament team or even on the bubble and come back and. You know, and win it. It, it so really is it before. time to start rooting for teams to lose, though. And um, oh yeah, because the ACC tournament, as it stands right now, with a win against Georgia Tech, is is playing UVA, and then if we win that game, we'd play North, North Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, at the same time, though, that's all. It's going to just add more games to our top. That's you know, 50 that's RPI true. And, that's true. That's and true. Our strength of schedule and stuff like that. So yeah. I mean, it's only going to help, and it gives us more opportunities. And there's been look. Trust me, I've looked at the list of the bubble team. I saw a team in there two and eight against RPI fifty or four and ten. There's been teams that have had plenty of opportunity and and, and don't have the wins that we have. So right. those people are just haters, and they're going to hate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everyone hates Syracuse. So. Um. All right. out is, well. Jim. Yeah. Well, it's easy to hate Syracuse, or it used to be. You know. Well, it's easier now, I think, because I think there's a lot of people that don't even think we should be in the ACC. No, so. you're you're right, which I think is that is trash. That's not even, that's so far from the truth. Um, yeah, um, but I mean, you know, it is. I think our is. fans help though too, because our fans travel oh. so well and they're so they're so spread out that they do. You know, travel there might well. be there might be some teams down in the ACC. Oh, this this up north team in the ACC. Da, da, da. But when they see the fan base and they see how how you know, we play and the whole history of it and stuff like that. I think like what Coach K said, I mean, about the history of us and adding us into the ACC and his, when we played him in his um, post-conference, uh, post-game conference, I mean, to add a team like Syracuse and Louisville and Notre Dame, you get all these teams, I mean, into an already great conference. So, they've if anything, it, the We've ACC only made finished, that conference better. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, every year it was who's, well, what conference is better? ACC or Big East? ACC or Big East? Yeah, it's oh, not well, even let's, a question let's take, anymore. Let's take three of the top, four of the top teams in the ACC and bring them, bring them over to the ACC. Uh, you mentioned the crowd real quick, and I just want to, if anybody's listening that's going to be at the Dome, I probably know there's probably not a ton of them, but um, remember the way John Gillen was treated at Georgia Tech with the, the air ball chance that went for like 35 minutes every time he got the ball. It's just something to remember because I think our fans can can outdo that as far as being obnoxious. They just got to keep at it. 
So those, yeah, well, those you got to hand our, it to those fans. Our fans are that smart. Well, I know they are, but I mean, people tend to forget. You know, those fans. They that was the sixth man at, during that game. They there's no doubt that they got in Gillen's head. You know, shouting air ball. He didn't. He stopped shooting yeah, the ball. You know what you got to do? You just make, make a shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he wasn't shooting. He stopped shooting. So. Well, if he's not going to shoot, then it's going to keep going. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. It's um, almost like they're forcing him to shoot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which you don't want to do to Gillen, usually. Usually, I yeah. wouldn't want to. Well, I'm sure that he'll remember shoot. that. Exactly. Again, I mean, this is going to come down to desperation, human nature. They just got stomped like that first time they've had a bad loss like that since probably what Notre Dame. Yeah, it's always so. they've, all of our games have been pretty close. So. All of our games have been pretty close, but I remember Notre Dame was pretty bad. Yeah, it was um, a bad one. So, I mean, it's going to come down to, again, human nature and, you know, who's going to be hungriest. And obviously, yep. Jordan Sexton going to come in hungry because they're still going to have a chance. So, well, I don't know. I don't know what would help, honestly. If Pittsburgh beat them tonight, then it would be it would be good for us in the ACC standings. But as far as mentality-wise goes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's I don't a toss-up. What you're saying for Georgia Tech, it's a toss-up. Do you want them to lose and have, have to have to prove themselves, or would you just rather have them win and think they're um, coming in there to the dome with their chest puffed out a little bit and then take a beating? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much kind of how I'm thinking about it. So, And I know that they lost to NC State after we played them, so I don't know if they had a – a game squished in there, in between there, or not? But no. Either way, we got to root for Florida State. Oh yeah, they lost to they lost to Notre Dame on Sunday, so they beat yeah. us, and then they're on a two game losing streak. And if they lose again tonight, they'll be on a three game losing streak. So yeah, let's see yeah. what happens. All right. Well, um, I guess we will come back after the Georgia Tech game. Is what time is that game on Saturday? Right? What time? Uh, Saturday at four o'clock. Saturday at four o'clock. Okay, so we'll come we'll come back um, between then and the tournament, and just have a little fun, just have a little, you know, post game, and then we'll do some. By then, ACC tournament will be set, and it starts on March seventh. So that's all I got, Joe. You got anything else? I am good, buddy. All right, all right, cool. For Joe, I am Sean. Thanks for tuning into the Cuse Nation podcast. We'll see you next week. You just heard the Q's Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe.